Are we ever living in the end time? Tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks in New York, Washington, and in Pennsylvania. Some believe World War III started on 9-1-1 when we began the war on terrorism. According to God's prophetic time clock, it is time for World War III and Islam will certainly be involved. We will analyze these prophecies while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition, this open line edition of End of the Age. I will be taking your calls this afternoon. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. Number to reach our operators, 1-800-363-8463. So thank you so much for joining me. And Newsmax has reported, I mean, there's, it's, this is everywhere, but tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of the September 11, uh, 2001, or, or 911, the terrorist attacks, New York, Washington, Pennsylvania. Do you remember where you were and what you were doing when you got the news of this horrific event? I was on my way to a construction site. I worked in construction back then, and I was listening to the events on the radio, me and a guy that was in the, our work truck. And when the first plane had already hit, when we were at the lumber yard, we come, we come out, we got in the truck, the first plane had already hit the, uh, the first tower. We were on our way back to the job site, listening to it on the radio, when the second plane hit the tower. And when it did, me and a, the guy's name was Quentin that was with me, we both looked at each other immediately and said, terrorism. We, we, I had never experienced things like that it, really here in America on that scale in my life. I was born in 1968. I'm 53 years old and never really lived through anything like that here in America. That on that on Again, on that scale. But we knew that it was a terrorist act when two planes went in. We thought maybe the first one that somebody had just, maybe there was a pilot that had, you know, maybe drank a little too much or something and got off course and hit a, hit a tower, one of the towers. But when the second plane hit, everybody in America knew that it was terrorism. Well, in 2018, just what, two or three years ago now, I had to fly into New York on September 11th. And man, was that an eerie feeling to flying around the into, into New York on this. And I flew in on the south end of Manhattan and around coming into LaGuardia Airport. And I looked over and you could see the south end of Manhattan there and everything. And I thought, man, back in 2001, right here is where it all happened. And so... You know, has that ever ha changed our lives here in America? 
I mean, think about it. I want to relive that just for a moment, just to put it right back in your mind. And again, I'm going to be taking your calls here in just a moment, one 877 But a, the Newsmax put together a timeline. I'm not going to go through the entire timeline, but these would all be Eastern times. But on September 11, 2001, at 8.46 a.m., the hijackers aboard AA Flight 11 crashed the Boeing 676 between the 93rd and the 99th floor of the North Tower of the World Trade Center in New York City, killing all on board and hundreds in the building on impact. At 9.03 a.m., hijackers in control of uh, UA Flight 175 crashed into the Boeing 767, crashed the Boeing 67 between the 75th and the 85th floors of World Trade Center and the South Tower killing everyone on board and hundreds more inside. At 9.05, now th- I mean, this, is, this was all planned out. It's really clicking off. 9.05, uh, the cards informs Bush, President Bush, that a second plane has hit the tower of the World Trade Center saying America is under attack. At 9.08 a.m., the Federal Aviation Administration grounds all flights scheduled to depart from New York City and through the city's airspace. At 9.21, the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey closes all bridges and tunnels to the New York City area. 9.30 a.m., fighter jets from Langley Air Force Base in Virginia are scrambled. 9.37, hijackers in control of Flight 77 crash the Boeing 757 into the western face of the Pentagon outside Washington, D.C., killing all 59 on board and 125 military and civil personnel Inside the Defense Department, 9.42 a.m., the FAA orders all civilian flights in air over the continental U.S. or bound for the country to land immediately. About 3,300 commercial flights, 1,200 private planes um, landed at 9.59 a.m. The South Tower of the World Trade Center collapses uh, 56 minutes after being struck. 10.03 10.03 a.m., UA Flight 93 crashes into Stony Creek Township near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, killing all on board that 757. 10.28, the World Trade Center's North Tower collapses one hour and 42 minutes after being struck. The 47-story World Trade Center collapses after being set afire hours earlier by burning debris and uh, from the disintegration of the Twin, twin Towers. Then on October 7th, 2001, Operation Enduring Freedom commences with airstrikes and missile strikes against the Taliban and Al-Qaeda forces in Afghanistan. Now, we just turned that all back over to them. You understand kind of the dynamics going on in the news right now. If you go back to 911, look at what happened. We invaded then. Now we just pretty much pulled out and the Taliban took back over. And then on May 2nd, 2011, Navy SEAL Team 6 kills Osama bin Laden during a raid on his compound in Abbottabad, Pakistan. Now, how does this all tie into Bible prophecy? Well, noted historians say, speculating, that we're already involved in World War III or the Sixth Trumpet War. Mr. James Woolsey, the director of the CIA under President Clinton's administration, 
believe that World War III began on 9-1-1 with the attack on the trade towers. And then we entered into the war on terrorism, you understand. Thomas Friedman, the famous columnist for the New York Times, he believes the same thing. Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, says World War III began on 9-1-1. And they're not just telling our world what's really going on right now because the launch on war on terrorism at that point. And then, of course, President Bush, and, and uh, he said it might be a, a 30-year war. Well, here we are, uh, what are we, 20 years out from that. Looks like he may be right. And so, 9-1-1, tomorrow, 20-year anniversary. Horrible. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times... We weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. The seven vials are coming in the form of sores, darkness, great hail, people being scorched with immense heat, and more. Bible prophecy shows us that each of these judgments will be far worse than anything imaginable. The good news is there is hope. In our brand new video, learn how to be immune from these gruesome judgments and have peace in the end time. This month only, get our new DVD, The Seven Vials, with a gift of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call us at 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. This offer is only valid through the end of the month. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call 800-END-TIME. Okay, today's open line. I got a few lines open here. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. Going to the phones in just a moment. I got a quick announcement. Uh, Next weekend, on Saturday, September 18th, uh, my wife and I will be in Princeton, Kentucky, doing a prophecy conference. that's, That's at the Faith Apostolic Church, 500 Faith Avenue in Princeton, Kentucky, I'll be teaching on Saturday night, 6 p.m. I'll be teaching the future according to Bible prophecy, the giant timeline. We've been teaching at all the conferences this year, and people really, really like the timeline. And then uh, Sunday morning, part two of that lesson, uh, breaking prophetic fulfillment, showing you where we're at on that timeline. And then after that, um, uh, the, the ever-popular Q&A session 
where we will take questions from the crowd. They'll have a roving mic, and it's always a lot of fun. So that is coming up next weekend. We'll be announcing that again this week. And one last comment on this. Now, I've got a, you know, a, a lot of information here we could go through, but one last comment on this is that you understand the reason I wanted to bring this up today not only is it the 20th anniversary tomorrow of 911, and we need to pray for the families that have been affected by that horrific situation that happened, but from a prophetic perspective, it is time for World War III or the Sixth Trumpet War to occur now. And Islam the Islamic faction on the planet will certainly be involved in that. Now, I'm not going to take, I could, I, I may take time to prove it if we, you know, if, if I've run, run out of callers here, which I've got a, several on here, but um, yesterday, and many of you would be interested in this, yesterday we shot Lesson 3, uh, you know, the Understanding the End Time DVD series that we've had for years. Well, we're updating it now. It was in the plans for Irvin Baxter and I to start uh, uh, shooting just after the first of the year, we were going to do the lessons together and with new proofs and a lot of different updated information. Well, obviously God had other plans and took Irvin Baxter home on November the 3rd of last year. So our team here at End Time have, um, I've been putting together these, the, uh, the new lessons with new proofs, updated. I mean, it's going to be awesome. And what we've done is I'm going to be teaching the lesson, but Irvin Baxter will be coming onto the DVDs. And whenever the miracle, when God showed him something miraculously uh, in a dream or in a vision or, you know, got him out of bed and said, hey, go buy a newspaper. You know, I want to show you about the, that Germany is the four-headed leopard. All of those things, Irvin will be on there telling his uh, the visions and and the, the miracles that God did showed him these prophecies. So it's still going to be Irvin Baxter and myself doing the DVDs, and you guys are going to love it uh, because I've found a lot of new proofs for all of these things, things you've never heard before, and it's going to be awesome. So we shot Lesson 3 yesterday, or I should say on Wednesday, or no, it was, I guess it was yesterday morning, and... I proved, it was lesson three is Islam and Bible prophecy. And it's talking about what we're talking about right now. Them being involved in that region over there. Did 911 start World War III? Did the, uh, you know, the Islamic faction on the earth? So, a lot, uh, kind of a, uh, you know, a neat situation here that I just shot that DVD yesterday. We are shooting the whole new Understand the End Time DVD series. And... 911, the anniversary of that is tomorrow, and it all kind of ties in together. So um, that's something you can look forward to. Obviously, we just put out the Seven Vials video. It's the first DVD I've ever done. And then um, we are already shooting the Understanding the End Time. What we're wanting to do after that, I've got many DVDs we need to do, but we're also going to, the plans are to do a Daniel commentary just like Irvin Baxter did a Revelation commentary, we want to do a Daniel commentary as well. And so, uh, some stuff to look forward to. There's, we've got so many balls in the air, but God is blessing us and, and really, really helping us. So, wow, man, I'm, so, I'm looking so forward to what's coming in the near future. Okay, let's get to the phones. Um, Faith in Texas. God bless Faith. Welcome to End of the Age. 
Hi, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am, I can. Hey, um, yeah, so this may be kind of a random question. I don't think I've heard it yet. Um, as a millennial, my life will probably look astronomically different from most of those who have lived through their 50s all the way to their 80s and 90s. Um, the verse that comes to mind is in Matthew 24, 19, where it says, but to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, as a newlywed who has obvious desires to have children as we begin to look into, you know, how to invest financially. And in this unprecedented time that we're in, I would love to hear your insight into how I should pursue, we should pursue biblical decision-making when it comes to having kids, investing in retirement and other long-term interests. Yeah. So uh, this is a question that my children have wrestled with. Uh, My daughter, Holly, has two ch- two children. Uh, they're basically angels, my two granddaughters. And so she they wrestle with this. But the Bible says, occupy till I come. They made a decision to go ahead and to, ha- to have a family. And, you know, the Bible does say in Matthew 24, um, woe unto them that give suck in those days. And, you know, because there's, there is going to be some persecution some of the, there will be some hotbeds of persecution, though. Jesus specifically said, when you see the abomination of desolation occur, let them which be in Judea flee. So there's going to be a horrible time of persecution there and in some other places around the world. Um, but there will be some places of safety. Uh, Israel will never come under the full reign of the Antichrist. The country of Jordan according to Daniel chapter 11, will never come under the full reign of the Antichrist. And we also know that the United States will not be fully engaged with the world governing body in the end time. So, it, it, I, I can't... The Bible does say, occupy till I come. So I don't want to tell you, Faith, don't have children. Because the Bible does say, occupy till I come. And so... That's going to be a prayerful decision between you and the Lord, really, because I've got two granddaughters that I'm going to be praying for. And, and I, I um, you know, we'll just need to believe in God. We've got to trust God for some of these things moving forward. That's a prayerful decision between you and your husband um, moving off into the end time. I mean, all I can do is teach prophecy and then you'll have to make some decisions from that end. I just do know that I have two granddaughters, my daughter and son-in-law wrestled with the same thing and decided, you know what, we're just going to trust the Lord and we're going to have a family. Uh, And that's, you know, and then we'll just have to deal with whatever comes uh, from that aspect. As far as financial planning, um, again, I've got to go back to occupy till I come. Um, I've known ministers that said, well, hey, the Lord's going to come back. Uh, it's imminent and I'm not going to prepare for retirement. And then I've seen some of those ministers retire or have to retire now and they didn't have much funding. And so I thought, man, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I would do that. I'm going to act like, you know, I'm going along with the prophecies of the Bible, but I'm still, you know, at some point I'm 53. I've got to look towards retirement and say, hey, there may be a time now. If I do put back some money and I know that things start clicking off, like let's say the, the final seven years starts, they sign the peace agreement, the final seven years starts, they build the temple in Israel 
and I know that we've only got four or five years left, I may pull that money and say, you know what, I'm just going all in. I'll use this money to, to build God's kingdom. I'm not going to have to worry about retirement. At this point, I don't know how far off we are from that. And I watched my father-in-law wrestle with some of this because he believed in a post-tribulation rapture and, you know, should I invest, should I not? And I'm, I'm of the opinion that you occupy till the Lord comes. You're going to, you know, just like you normally would, prepare for a, a, um, that, a retirement, things like that. And then if we get farther off into it, we start seeing some of the prophecies occur that are supposed to happen just prior to. Again, the peace agreement, mm-hmm. the being, trumpet being built, then you can say, hey, it's Katie bar the door at this point. We're not going to need all that for our retirement. We know we've only got a few years left. Then you could pull it, put it into the work of God and build the kingdom of God at that point. At this point, I would occupy till I come. I would function as like, we don't know for sure how far off the Lord's coming is. And, you know, you might want to prepare for retirement, things like that. That way, if the Lord should wait, then you're good to go. I mean, I would rather prepare and him come early than not to have prepared. And he holds off for 10 or 15, 20 years and you're not prepared. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So that, that's the best advice I can give you. I'm wrestling with that myself. I'm 53. What do I do? And I made up in my mind, I'm watching these prophecies very closely. There may come a time when all of my savings, I'm just going to pull that, put it in. I, you know, basically most of it goes to the work of the Lord anyway, but, um, the, what little bit I do have in savings, um, you know, I'm leaving it in there until we see some of these things click off. Once the peace agreement is signed, the one that we know starts the final seven years. At that point, I know where my retirement's going to land. I mean, right now, if it, if, it, right. if the peace agreement was signed today, I'm 53. I know the Lord's going to come about when I'm about 60. And so I'm not going to have to worry about retirement. I'm going to do exactly what I'm doing until the Lord comes. However, I watched my father-in-law face that. And when he got he was 75 when he passed. When he got in the latter last couple of years, he thought, you know what? I probably need to start maybe investing a little bit in some stocks. And, you know, he was kind of preparing for retirement right there at the end. Up until that point, he just lived like, hey, you know, the Lord could come. Uh, we're watching the prophecies be fulfilled. But there at the end, he said, you know what? Wow, I'm going to have to start maybe doing some investing. The Lord may hold off a little while. Well, then the Lord took him. So when the Bible says, occupy till I come, I need to prepare for him, you know, that I need to prepare for my family. And then if the Lord comes early, great. If he, if he postpones mm-hmm. it for a while, then I know I'm prepared. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. I haven't heard, I haven't been able to find too much like insider information from, you know, out there on this subject, obviously. Right. And so... I really appreciate your insight. I think I would agree with the um, Occupy Until I Come and definitely prayerful consideration on um, children. You know, God didn't say uh, be fruitful and multiply only until it seems time for me to come back. You know, there was no only if. So um, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Faith. And and the Bible never says don't have children. I mean, he, he just says Occupy Till I Come trust in him, you know, we'll have faith in God. And, you know, my, my kids just decided to have a family and man, am I so glad they did because your parents are going to want grandkids. I promise you. 
And so that's kind of the decision. It's a prayerful decision, I understand. Some people don't want to have kids, that's great. But my grandkids are both angels, and so I'm so glad they made the decision to do that. I'll just tell you. Thank you. Okay, Faith, God bless you. Thank you for the call. (laughs) And uh, what a wonderful question. Let's go to Judy in Indiana. God bless Judy. Welcome to End of the Age. Thank you. Um, My question today is, could signing up for the real ID be signing up for the mark? Uh, No, not at this point. um, So the real ID driver's license, I think the deadline just got postponed, I think, to like 2022 or 2023. Oh, great. I did not know that. Right, right. So the thing is, and I'll I'll try to look that up on the break. I think it went into 2023, if I'm not mistaken, because this COVID thing has been postponing it out. However, um, early on, we fought against the real ID. Because we thought, hey, it's a national ID here in America. It's a precursor to the mark of the beast. But when it came time to get it, with the more information we had, Irvin Baxter and I both realized, we made the decision, you know what? This is not the mark of the beast. They're not going to economically sanction me using my driver's license. And so, um, you know, to get me to bow down to the Antichrist, they're not putting a mark in my right hand or my forehead. So we realized it wasn't the mark of the beast. So... I have a real ID driver's license, and Irvin Baxter did before he passed down here in Texas. Mm -hmm. And so, no, the real ID driver's license is not the mark of the beast. Now, I don't like national IDs anywhere. Most countries on the planet have a fully functioning national ID system. Uh, That's what the real ID is kind of turning our driver's license into, a national ID card. However, it's not the mark of the beast, you know... um, and so, you know, at this point, I've got one, so uh, I hope that answers your question. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any, and we are in the, we are, have access to End of the Age Plus. Um, do you have a video on that that covers that? Um, so we have, I'm trying to think, we used to have some videos on the Real ID till we all started. We had two videos, but until we all took the DVD, took the real ID, and then we thought, you know what, we're going to discontinue those. I don't know if they're on End of the Age Plus. We do have things on the Mark of the Beast. One of the things we have in our lesson, I think it's lesson nine of the Understanding the End Time DVD series, is on the Mark of the Beast. And if it basically will tell you, there's two things you should never do to make sure you don't take the Mark of the Beast. Never put a mark of identification on your person and never, t- and never pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his world governing system. If you've never done those two things, then you've not taken the mark of the beast. So that allowed us to be able to say, you know what? The real ID driver's license at this point is okay. And so make sure you don't do those two things, Judy, and you'll be in good shape. Thank you. All right. Well, God bless you and thank you for the call. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, End-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
when you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99. You can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Um, again, the number to reach me, I've got a couple spots open here. Uh, the number to reach me, one 363 8463 And I'm going to go to the phones. Let's go to Darlene up in Oklahoma. God bless, Darlene. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi there. Um, Dave, I'm just wanting to know, um, in Irvin Baxter's Jerusalem Prophecy College, there is a part where he talks about, it's the sixth semester, he talks about laying hands on people mm-hmm. and, um, like, you know, don't just be quick to lay hands on people, but um, right. you ha- something about fixing a dead short with the praying, like, are you helping them be renewed in the Spirit? Or what right. does he mean, that term, fixing a dead short? Have you, have you heard him use that term oh, yeah. before? Oh, yeah, many times. Can you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. So if you understand electricity in a home, you've got an electrical panel, and you do something called a home run. You take the electric from the box over to an outlet, and then you bring it that you take a, a that you have a supply. You have the hot that goes to the outlet, and then you have a, a home run that goes all the way to all your outlets back to the box. And when you've got a short it'll make it so that those electric wires don't run or it'll trip the breaker or a a short in a power cord to a light. The light won't run because it's shorted out. So what Irvin Baxter is talking about in in the lesson is that when you lay hands on somebody. So if you've ever been in a, a church service where you went, the, the, the minister gave a, a sermon. He says, everybody come down, we want to pray for you. Uh, this is just one instance. You could be in a hospital, you know, and a minister come uh, pray for you or whatever. But anyway, everybody comes down to the altar and men of God and women of God will come up to you and pray for you. And they'll lay, the Bible talks about lay your hands on people. Well, what I normally do is when I pray for people, when I'm working in altar type situation and there's a hundred people there that want, that are, you know, that, that have come up front I will try to be led by the Spirit because I can tell somebody's really hungry and I need to spend time with them rather than trying to hit all 100 people. 
I'll try to be led by the Spirit because, um, you know, the Bible says, come, come before the elders of the church, let them lay hands on you, and they would pray mm-hmm. to be healed, this, that, and the other. However, when if I'm going to pray for people, I need to have charged my battery. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, when you pray... Um, the Bible says renewing yourself in praying in the Holy Ghost. And so you're charging your battery. And when you lay hands on people, they can feel that spirit. You remember the lady with the issue of blood that, that touched yeah. the hem of Jesus' garment. And he stopped and he said, hey, who just touched me? And the, Bible, the, the uh, disciple said, well, man, you got people all around you that have been touching you. And he said, no, no, yeah. some, I just felt virtue flow out. Well, a woman who was desperate touched him and virtue flowed out. So if some, when, when, uh, individuals prayed through, they, they've received the gift of the Holy ghost. They've been in a good hot prayer meeting. They go in there and lay hands on people. Things happen. The spirit moves. People can feel when hands are laid on people. It's like a set of jumper cables. You're transmitting something to that individual. So that's what he said. Jumper cables. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And so the thing is, if somebody who is doing the praying, has not been with the Lord and is in the presence of the Lord and things like that. If they've got, um, uh, you know, they might have bitterness or something in their life that's keeping them from being connected. They've got a dead short with the Lord. There's a short there because bitterness, things like that can make it so you've got a dead short. The circuit doesn't run between you and the Lord like it should. Like you're, In other words, that's why I said about the, an electrical box. In a home, you've got to have a home run that the circuit goes all the way back, and that's how everything works. Well, our our connection goes to the Lord, and then when I pray for somebody, they can feel that. Well, if there's a dead short in my life, if I've got bitterness, that's a dead short, things like that, you want to make sure that you don't have those in your life, and then the connection works, okay? And forgiveness. If, If you need to forgive somebody... The Bible says for you to leave your gift at the altar, go make it. If you know somebody has ought against you, leave your gift at the altar, go make it right with them, and then come back, and the Lord will hear your petition. So it's very important that you make sure you don't have a dead short in your life. Bitterness, hatred, um, unforgiveness, those are dead shorts in a Christian's walk with God. Uh, Mm -hmm. And as the person praying for somebody, you don't want to have that because it's, you know, you need to be charged. Be full of the Holy Ghost when you go to pray for people. So that's kind of along the lines with what Irvin was talking about in some of those lessons. Now, I know there's a lot of verses I could bring in. I'm not going to have time to do that today. But in essence, that's what he's talking about. It's just like a short in a cord going to a lamp. If you've got yeah, a short, it. the lamp's not going to turn on. There's going to be no power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like unforgiveness or something and, and I forgive everyone. I, 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 I make up my mind to do that and um if but if I know that going back around and assuming going in and, and that it it could potentially have the same kind of problems and I just choose to stay away because I don't want there to be hostilities or uh, the enemy to have a chance to cause more problems later. Is that unforgiveness if I just say no, I'm not going, I'm staying away does that say I'm harboring something against them? I'm not. I just don't want another opportunity for problems. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are probably some places all of us should stay away from, Darlene. 
And I think you, you, yeah, you know, you know, in your heart, whether you've got unforgiveness against somebody, you know, you know it right now. There's somebody that I hate their guts. I mean, you know, and so that's a difference than somebody who's constantly a source of trouble and I need to stay away from them. Big difference here. So I hope that helps you out, Darlene. I've got a full bank of callers here i got to get to. And I'll I'll look forward to talking to you in the future. You're Darlene Rester from Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Oh, good, good. So it's great to talk to you. I'm going to have to let you you go. Uh, i got so many callers. Uh, Thank you for calling. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. So let's go to Yannick in South Carolina. God bless Yannick. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm tremendous. How are you doing? Good. So I saw that, I don't know if you've seen this, but Apple is coming out with an, a virtual ID mm-hmm. where they'll scan your driver's license. Right. You can scan your driver's license into the Apple phone, and then wherever you go, they can um, scan your forehead or your head and your fingerprint, and they can use that as, as your identification. They're trying it in Georgia, I think in Arizona. So I wanted to know what was your take on that. Yeah, so... Um I won't. I don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, is it is it taking right. the mark of the beast and things like that? No. Uh, if right. somebody does it, then they haven't taken the mark of the beast. However, I try to stay away from that stuff because I don't want to start to comply with stuff like that now, and right. then it becomes just a norm in the future. Hey, yeah, you know, uh, you want to put a chip in me or whatever. I mean, I like this whole vaccine thing. One of the main Mm -hmm. reasons I don't want to take it is because I don't want to conform with the government edicts and things like that. And these these companies that are moving off of cash and, you know, everything's Mm -hmm. digital. I pay with things with a a, a debit card just like everybody else does. But when you get into some of these things, now, if Apple just goes to this as a method of payment, you know... would I have a problem doing it? Probably not. I mean, I don't want, I'm not a fear monger. If it's not the right. mark of the beast, then I wouldn't have a problem really doing it. My thing is, though, is that if it's leaning in that direction, I try to stay away from it as much as I can. That's why it's very important we understand what the mark of the beast is, know how to recognize it, and, you know, things like that. But if, if, if somebody's worried about, oh, no, they're going to be able to track me and things like that, they can track you now. If you've got a cell phone... Mm-hmm. They, know, they know where you're at. I mean, so I understand That's things true. like this. I don't like those kinds of things because it's they're precursors. They're all moving us in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, facial recognition photographs and all this body measurements, biometrics and all that stuff. I don't like mm-hmm. any of it. However, mm-hmm. like I told the lady earlier, um, occupy till I come. We've still got to occupy. We still got to live in this world until the Lord splits the clouds wide open and comes and gets us. So I'm willing to do some things. I'll use the system until they try to abuse it and then I'm done. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I'll go far enough. I use a debit card and things like that. Uh, I raise my arms and let them scan me at the airport and all that kind of stuff. But there may come a time when I can't fly anymore. If they need a chip in my hand for me to be able to fly, I'm done flying. The Lord's going to have to provide a way. I'm going to have to go to Israel all the way to the end. So he's going to, he's going to have to do like they did in Star Trek and beam me up over there. Because I'm okay. not there. Again, I'm going to use the system until they start to uh-huh. abuse it. And then I'm, I'll opt out of it totally. 
And so that's kind of where okay. I'm at. So this kind of stuff, yeah, I'm very well, well aware of it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's to me, it's a precursor. They're all kind of moving okay. us in that direction. I was reading right. a lot on the Better Than Cash Alliance today and how it ties mm-hmm. in with the Sustainable Development Goals. Mm-hmm. There are major efforts on this planet to move entire governments. There are nations that are moving, that are working with the Better Than Cash Alliance to completely move off of cash onto a completely digital system. Now that's a danger because yes. when the when the government can get can monitor every single thing you do financially and and be able to cut off your bank account and things like that. Now that's a big danger. This stuff is kind of like a precursor to that, so I don't like it. But um, at this at this point, it's not something that you know I can say is the mark of the beast. So you know, that's kind of my take okay. on it. All right, thank you so much. All right, God bless you, and thank you for calling. Uh, let's go to uh, Rick in Texas. God bless Rick. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. Uh, I had a question about uh, World War Three. You, you, I've seen a post, end time post or email, yes. where it said that Iran is about seven weeks from receiving a nuclear bomb. Yes. And uh, I calculated if there's eight billion people, one third, one third of eight billion is two six 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 billion people. Right. But uh, my my main question is, uh, it says that every island and mountain will be shifted or moved uh-huh. out of place. Does uh-huh. that mean that the world's going to shake so bad? From all the bombs exploding, that that uh, the the islands will shake out of place and the mountains will shake out of place. Yeah. So the I think you got the two end time wars. Uh, there's a misconception here. The six Trump. So the the islands moving out of their place that happens at the Battle of Armageddon when the the great earthquake. The Bible says it'll be the worst earthquake the world's ever known, and the islands and mountains will be moved out of their place. That happens at the end of the Great Tribulation. In the Sixth Trumpet War, World War III, that there, there is a, this very ominous prophecy where one-third of the world's population is going to be destroyed, but it's not because of the bombs that the islands and mountains are moved out of their place. That's the earthquake at the Battle of Armageddon. These are two separate wars, Rick. Right. Yes. Okay. 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 All right. Thank you for calling, my friend. I want to say God bless you. You have a great weekend. And, you know, we're coming up on a break here, so then I'll, I'll try to get to everybody before we're done here. But very, very important that we understand the next two prophecies on God's prophetic timeline. The World War III, the Six Trumpet War, and the peace agreement. So these are the things. We're, now, we're watching the ongoing fulfillment of the world government, the world religion, precursors to the mark of the beast, just like Yannick said. However, the next two prophecies that are going to be once and done are the peace agreement and the six trumpet war. And that's why I wanted to bring up 911. Many people believe that World War III started back at 911. I was part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We're going to go straight to the phones. Let's go to Dustin in Mississippi. God bless Dustin. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, uh, God, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Oh, good deal. Uh, yeah, God, God bless you too as well, uh, uh, Pastor Dave. Thank uh, you. Great, great to talk to you. Uh, I, I, first, I wanted to just say that uh, I just was recently baptized uh, on August twenty second. Awesome. And it's. Yes, received the Holy Ghost. Absolutely, was baptized in Jesus' name at my uh, my church. Now that I'm going to uh, uh, Vicksburg Solid Rock, and uh, pastor there is uh, Pastor Talbert, uh, yes. Bill, Bill Talbert. Mm-hmm. But uh, my my question for the day, I just I want to get your take on this. Uh, I've been wondering about it. Uh, in, in Hosea six, uh, verse two, okay. where it says that uh, it says that. Uh, he shall he shall revive us in the in the second or after the second day he shall revive us and on in 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 the third day he he will uh, raise us up and we shall live in his sight. I know that verse is speaking on uh, on Israel as well, the, mm-hmm. the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that is that uh, the reviving? Is I, I, well, I'll just I'll just get your take on it. Uh, that'll be it. Yeah, so it's been a long time, Roy, since or uh, Dustin, since I've been through all of that, and yeah. I'm not sure I can give you a conclusive answer. Um, okay. I would need to probably do a, re- a little research, and I need to see the context of all of that before right, I can give right. you a conclusive answer on that. Okay, that's that's fine. Well, yeah. the the context that I've I've seen is the being the two days and the third day. That's that's the two thousand years of. Uh, since Christ uh, was on was here on on the earth before it, it his first advent, and then the third day would be at his second coming. What I've what I've gotten, okay. gotten from it, and what others have said. Again, well, but. M- most of this is referring to Israel. Yes, and so right. I need I would need to see. I'm I'm trying to correlate with what the scripture says with what you're saying, and. Yes. <clears throat> I don't know if if I could do that right here without reading back through that is what I'm saying. And so, okay, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. Let, let me do, I'm willing to do the the legwork here. However, yes, yes, um, yes. I, you know, let, let's, let me do that. And then maybe we can get back together at some time in the future. Maybe we, you can email me or whatever. And then we'll, we'll go from there because I, I, okay. I need to read all the context of this concerning Israel compared to what you're right. talking about, about the second coming. Right. I yeah, got yeah. you. I got you. No yep. problem. No problem. All right, my Thank friend. You. Thank you. Have a good Hey, hey congratulations on your baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost. That's awesome. Thank, thank you so much. I, I've been following y'all, y'all's ministry for, for a, a good, for at least four or five years now. And, Great. And, and it's through y'all's ministry that I came to the conclusion that I needed to be baptized in Jesus' name. 
to, for, to have the, to receive the Holy Ghost and, and evidence of speaking in tongues is it, it, absolutely amazing, sir. It's absolutely amazing. I'm th- I thank y'all so much. I pray for y'all daily to, to for God to keep working through y'all and and keep keep spreading the word of the good news of the kingdom. Well, thank it's, you very it's, much, it's, my friend. Yes. Thank you. Uh, thank you all very much. Yeah, y'all let's have get a good one. God bless. Let's get together in the near future on this Hosea 6:2 and I'll see if I can tie the somehow or another tie the second coming into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Thank you much. Right. God have bless. A good one. Yes, you too. Let's go straight to Gary in Georgia. God bless Gary. Welcome to End of the Age. <clears throat> Hello, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing tremendous. How are you doing, sir? First time caller. I got a kind of a twofold question, but okay. I'm going to make it as concise as I can. Okay. Iranius and Hippolytus, they thought the Antichrist would be a Jew from the tribe of Dan. And I wanted your opinion on that. And the next question is, do you think the United States will actually be a world power a few years from now? Okay, so the Antichrist from the tribe of Dan, I don't know if I could answer that. There are, all I can do is give scriptural answers. And so can I tie him back through the, the, all of the lineage back to the tribe of Dan? No, I don't think I can do that. Is that what those guys did? Or were they well, speculating? I, well, that's what Irenaeus and Hippolytus, you know, the early church fathers, they, uh, they were students of Polycarp. And, you know, and Polycarp was a student of the Apostle John. And that's what... In their writings, they said that he would be a Jew from the tribe of man. I just right. My my question is it. my question is Gary, did they take it back through a family tree, and get back to that a lineage, or were they speculating? They, I guess, they was more or less specu- speculating. Okay. Or I can't say actually right. for one hundred percent sure with it if it, they were speculating, or did they hear? Polycarp, right. tell them that, or John tell Polycarp, I don't know. Right. So, w- yeah, what I do, Gary, and what we've done, we do here at End Time Ministries, is I know there are about 53, roughly 53 prophecies concerning the Antichrist, which we will know specifically, with beyond a shadow of a doubt, who he is when he's revealed. I All I can do is stick by those prophecies and say, okay, here's how I'll recognize the Antichrist. What his lineage is all the way back to one of the original 12 tribes of Israel, I'm not so sure we can prove that. I don't see scripturally how we can prove that. And so I've got to go with the specific prophecies concerning the Antichrist that are in the scripture. That's all I have to go off of, Gary. Yeah. Yes. Now, what was your second question again? Do you think that? United States is actually going to be a, a dominant world power. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I understand in the end time. So the yeah. we know the United States is mentioned in the Bible. Daniel chapter 7, it's the eagle's wings coming out of the lion. That's the United States. Do you really think that's who it's talking about? No, yeah. I, I mean, I believe that with everything within me. Absolutely. Where I mean, because... So... Daniel said that the four beasts that he saw in Daniel 7, a lion with eagle's wings, a bear, four-headed leopard, ten-horned kingdom, that these represented kingdoms or nations and the kings of those nations that would be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And he said there's going to be a lion. That's Great Britain. But he said, I watched until the eagle's wings were plucked, 
made stand upon a feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. The only nation that has ever come out of Great Britain that had that is symbolized by the eagle's wings is the United States of America. Now, that, if you, I don't know. I know a lot of people try to explain that away, but it's it's really easy to see. We ca- mother, Great Britain is our mother country. And so the Bible says it was made to stand upon the feet as a man. A man's heart was given to it. We have another symbol, which is Uncle Sam. And so if you look in a lot of the old satire cartoons or like, you know, early 1900s, they would always, you know, the eagle was always the United States. The Great Britain was the lion. They had the bear as Russia. I mean, it all fits perfectly. Well, when you go to Revelation chapter 13, it gives a depiction of John saw vision of a one beast coming up out of the sea that had the body of the leopard, Germany, the feet of the bear, Russia, the mouth of the lion, the Great Britain, the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom, which is the current European Union. However, the, the eagle's wings are not mentioned there. So those will all be world powers that will be involved in. They've all federalized their powers into a one world governing body. However, if you jump back one chapter, to Revelation chapter 12, then the Bible says that Israel, there's a war in heaven. Satan is defeated. He's bound to the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth because Satan comes down unto you having great wrath. And he persecutes the woman in that chapter with the 12 stars around her head. That's Israel. And he persecutes the, those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church. But the Bible says in Revelation 12, 14, um, that the woman is carried away on the wings of a great eagle where she is nourished in her place, which is Israel, for time, times, and half a time, the, the length of the great tribulation. So the United States will not be part. We're, the, we're a definitely the world power right now. We're losing that because the current administration is, you know, we're, we're kind of becoming the laughing stock of the world right now. However, we're going to pull out of the world governing body, stand with Israel, and protect her against the Antichrist and the world government in the end time. So we have to be enough of a world power to be able to do that, Gary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I appreciate you taking the time to ask my questions. I, I, I like what you said. I mean, I, I've studied this and it from, you know, numerous amounts of yeah. uh, other people. Yeah, and well... I, and, the, and the biggest thing that got in my mind is direction that the United States is going in now, it just, it, it makes me wonder, hey, are we even going to be a world power, you know? Yeah, so we, we probably, so since the United Nations was formed in 1945, the United States was the principal driver behind the New World Order, which is the current efforts towards a world government in the earth today. The Bible prophesies that we will come off or we will stop being the leader of that. We won't be the principal driver. We're going to come off of that position of leadership and that the powers are going to swing over to Europe. That's, this is all scriptural. I'm not going to have time to prove it all today. However, the powers will swing over to Europe and Europe is going to be the leader of the world governing body. That will be the power base of the Antichrist and the false prophet. But the United States is still going to have enough power to be able to protect Israel and we'll still have our U.N. Security Council veto power in the United Nations, even though we're not going to be one of the major drivers behind the world government. And you can see all this taking place right now. I know it's crazy, but Donald Trump was pulling us out of the world government with a position of power 
Joe Biden is pulling us out of the world, the uh, off of our world leadership position with the position of weakness. Everything he's doing, it's just pretty much he's being told what to do uh, on our borders. And I mean, everything he's doing. And so it's, um, you know, I don't like it, but I know that this is what the Bible says is going to have to happen. And so we definitely do not want to be involved in the world government in the end time. Uh, That is a very good thing. And so, you know, how it's all going to play out specifically, step one, two, three, I don't know that. But I do know what the Bible says about is about our role in the end time. And that is to stand with partner with Israel, protect her against the world government in the end time. That's revelation 12, 14. Um, and that with the time I have, that's the best answer I'm going to be able to give you, Gary. Yeah. I know you didn't have much time. I just, you know, but like I say, I, I, I always thought the United States would be a, a great power during the end time, but the way the trend is turning, you yeah. know, it just makes you wonder. Yep, absolutely. Well, it's a great question. And, uh, you know, I, I think the Bible kind of tells us how it's all going to play out, um, how we will lose that position of leadership, how the transition over to Europe will happen. Um, I know that we're creating a big vacuum in some places in the world right now. And Europe is saying, well, hey, we need to fill that vacuum. Of course, Russia and China are both wanting to fill that vacuum as well. But I know that Europe is the model of world government on the planet today. That's why they've dropped all their borders. Everybody, The nations have, by and large, yielded up their sovereignty to the parliament building in Brussels, Belgium. They say if they can get that model working perfectly, or at least close to perfect, then the rest of the world would want to model themselves after that have a global state that answers to a world governing body. That's really the goal. It appears that that's what's going to happen scripturally. And so how that transition takes place at this point, I cannot answer. That's that's something we'll have to live through to be able to look back and say, this is how it all happened. But um, we'll we'll keep our eyes on it and uh, do the best we can. I'm sorry for leaving everybody online. I, man, I, I, we just had so many good callers today, and I do apologize. Hopefully, we can get to you next week. I want to say God bless each and every one of you. Pray for the people that were affected by 911. God bless, and have a great weekend. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.